0: This is uh, yeah, the basis of many of the things that I'm uh, still doing, I think. Uh, and um, I think it's still important, uh, spirituality in my life. Uh, the characters, the upper roles that have uh, been um, spiritually connected have been more uh, enhanced and profound because of that okay. reason.
1: Today I'm talking to the great American bass baritone, Mark Doss. Good morning, Mark.
0: Good morning. How are you?
1: I'm fine, thank you. It's so great to meet you here on Zoom.
0: It's good to meet you, thank you.
1: So, where are you based exactly?
0: Uh, well, it's kind of a three base uh, situation. I have a uh, residence in Toronto, Ontario, uh, with my wife, Dawn. And uh, there's a sort of a studio of sorts I have in Erie, Pennsylvania. Uh, it's just about a half block from the lake, Lake Erie, which is sort wow. of nice. And here we are in Tampa. Uh, with um, Don, my wife, you know, doing the wigs and makeup for uh, Opera Tampa. So uh, I joined her here and uh, I've done a number of performances here. Actually, I started when the Opera Center, uh, the um, Performing Arts Center opened. I actually came in from New York City uh, with the New York City Opera. And we, uh, you know, started the whole thing out uh, with uh, Julius Rudel conducting sort of the, the bohème, uh, uh, Momus, uh, you know, the scene from... Uh, wow. Mm-hmm. That was, was quite... Quite an interesting experience, and it's many years after that. Now it's still going. Called the Stras Center for, really? the, for the.
1: Okay, yeah. so you you were you were involved in starting this center,
0: right? Exactly, yeah. And uh, what starts,
1: was the what was the idea? What why did you want to get uh, that going?
0: Uh, with with the per- performing of the uh, yeah. art center, yeah, well, yeah. We, we were at the um, New York City Opera. I think there was probably a connection between New York City Opera um, at the time. I was uh, under uh, the uh, head, uh, the head director, the uh, general director was uh, Beverly Sills. Uh, so uh, we were all sort of employed to come down. Uh, just uh, you say Julius Rudel conducting. I uh, remember John Garrison was the tenor. Maybe Faith Esham uh, soprano. Trying to think of all the people in there and that that troupe that were there. Sort of the very important uh you know singers from new york city opera and uh and then they had other people uh, coming in i think from other uh areas and uh but uh, i think new york city opera had a good connection to uh, the performing arts center for some reason so that's why we did it
1: well america is such a big country and uh, i mean distance it, that's always the thing isn't it so um right. you have to bring then the, the opera to the people in that way right yeah so, how much uh, do you, uh, when you start a project like that, you need to have sponsors because this is something in America that I've heard a lot, um, and it's different than in Europe, uh, mm. where you really need private sponsors to do projects like that.
0: Yeah, I think that's uh, that's true. Uh, the, the the funding that uh, took place in order to build the art center was probably certainly from uh, more private. Uh, contributions then from the, um, the, the government uh, so you know we get all those people together and uh, the links that come from them to the, uh, the, the performers and whatnot to make a, such a fantastic you know opening and a celebration of uh, the commemoration of this art, an art center mm-hmm. yeah unnecessary.
1: Well, Mark, tell me uh, your career, um, or, or let's start where where it all started for you as a child. Did you play an instrument?
0: Um, not necessarily. Uh, when I was coming up, um, I had wanted to possibly play the trumpet, um, but um, I think my, my sister was actually taking in school, which was elementary school, the flute. And so I thought... Okay. Uh, well, let your teacher know that I would like to take the trumpet. And he said, well, you know, he will be able to take this instrument when he goes to high school or junior high school, and there's probably a better time. So this is now an opportunity that gets lost because I didn't go into sports uh, when I go into uh, junior high school and high school. Um, one of the very famous high schools in uh, Cleveland, Ohio, which was where Jesse Owens actually attended. Um, you know, there's a wonderful, you know, four gold medal winner from, uh, From uh, Berlin, so um, it's quite uh, a famous place for track and field. But I I was also doing other things. I did uh, basketball. I did baseball. I did uh, running and also tennis. So those are sort of things that took place that um, became more important in some ways than uh, trying to pursue a little bit of music. Um, it was only until I tried to, to basically accelerate my program so that I could graduate from school a bit early, though late, uh, because I had been dropped back some grades. I said, well, maybe you can take some extra credits and get out of the, your high school, um, maybe around the right time. So that was offered then to me from the counselor uh, music um, chorus. The chorus uh, was an wow. extra credit. And also drama. Drama was also a credit that you could take; that would get you, you know, more uh, possibilities of uh, accelerating and getting out uh, faster. So I took those two, and um, then the um, the chorus chorus director said that they were doing um, well. First, the Metropolitan Opera. She said they were doing Metropolitan Opera on tour at the Music Hall, a very big uh, music hall in downtown Cleveland. It was actually one of the last tours of the uh, Metropolitan Opera. So I was uh, uh, able to do a supernumerary, which, uh, you know, paid me $8 which at the time. I mm, didn't really care. Yeah. And I actually went on stage because they say you may not go on stage. I went on stage. Uh, James Levine was conducting. I saw a program after the fact from uh, what um, uh, Gilles Cruz Romo, I think was the singing, probably Gilles, that uh, Mignon Dunn was doing Amneris. And uh, I think James McCracken was, uh, was a was uh, um, as I say Jerome Himes. Jerome Himes was a Rambis, and uh, yeah, and uh, Cornel McNeil would have been the uh, Amanazar. So yeah. it was quite uh, an incredible thing, and I still remember going on stage and uh, going into the streets and singing as much as I could. Oh, I'm an opera singer now, and mm-hmm. uh, I have my eight dollars in my hands. So I thought it was very exciting, mm-hmm. um, and this, this came this from this my chorus uh, director because I had expressed an interest in a uh, movie. That where uh, a baritone broke a glass you know with this uh, bang, oh, was oh I, see, yeah, yeah. I, I must, must must know what this song is I must work on it <laughs> and the the chorus the director she said I don't know what it was go to the library ask them some questions maybe they can tell you something and they mm-hmm. couldn't tell me anything in the library and so later on I realized it was Lawrence Tibbet who was actually singing the toreador and the toreador song with a bang and he broke this glass I thought wow so this was you know, quite important because now I've sung Escamillo. Uh, I've done it uh, 123 times, uh, singing La, La Scala and uh, Chicago, San Francisco, amazing. Uh, much, uh, Verona, I sang it. So it was yeah very poignant. some coincidence; these things happen like this. Uh, yeah, this comes to fruition. So it was yeah. very. Exciting. So you, to...
1: yeah, you started singing actually then quite late.
0: It would have been quite late. Yes. Yeah. Um, my my friend, uh, uh, brother Hugh Henderson, he was um, in the Society of the Precious Blood, uh, um, the Catholic, uh, you know, order, and uh, he had encouraged me to go into the seminary. But with him in church, you know, I would um, sing a little bit. I remember I sang the Ave Maria, Schubert's Ave Maria, for a funeral. He said, "Oh, how about you? Could you sing this?" I'd done a few things, uh, maybe for him at the piano or the organ. And so I sang that and it was well, uh, somewhat of a disaster for the poor uh, man whose mother had passed away. He says, oh, maybe you should tell him that he should not uh, pursue a career in, uh, you know, singing. Really? Maybe it was a bit off key and, uh, you know, my big things are not so great. So yeah. this is the first experience. But again, when I said it was the high school it was uh, I was yeah, around 18 that I did the Godspell, uh, was the, the um, musical. That the, the, the drama teacher said, we're doing a musical, and I hear you are in chorus. Would you like to join us and do this Godspell? Then, uh, you know, also because I was in the, going to the seminary, it was quite important uh, for me, spiritually, maybe religiously, that I would do this. And so I sang, sang coming down the uh, aisle of my high school, East Technical High School, Prepare you the way of the Lord. Prepare you the way of the Lord. So it's John the Baptist, you know, uh, which is then Johannan, which I sang at La Scala, uh, which is probably wow. my biggest, my biggest, um, you know, um, success. I think that I then to go back and so say, my gosh, I sang, you know, this. Uh, John the Baptist, in a way, coming down the aisle of my high school. So it's, yeah, it was a bit, my friend, brother Hugh, had taught me to play a scale on the piano, a C scale with one hand. So it's do, re, mi, fa, so, la, ti, do, ti, la, so, mi, re, do. This was all I could do musically as far as the technical abilities. But before I left undergraduate, which was my seminary, St. Joseph's College in Rensselaer, Indiana, uh, I was a. It's a regular uh, school with a thousand students, but there were then twenty-five seminarians who were studying for the priesthood. Um, one, I think, one was probably become a brother. Um, so uh, from that place, you know, the secular students we have lunch, but basically we have morning prayer, we had the daily mass, we had uh, evening prayer, and then you know then we go and we go to the classes with the regular students. Um, so this was uh, the experience. And I took music. I took voice because I thought, well, then I would enhance my ministry with this uh, training. Um, and uh, I think before this is quite important. Before I left for the seminary after Godspell, my last year in high school, there was a program in Cleveland, Ohio, for the first time ever, uh, to perform or uh, to um, participate in the arts. So they had the oh. summer summer program. Oh, would you? I would usually do janitorial work. I would clean things, you know, whatnot, in the, in the schools. So this program then allowed us to uh, learn dance, uh, acting, and singing. They brought people in from New York. Uh, there was a director from New York, a singer from New York, a, a singing a coach. So we did the, uh, you know, types of uh, exercises and uh, um, acting exercises and dance exercises. And then we put on a production uh, in the summer, that summer, uh, about 20, maybe 20, 30 performances. I can't remember the exact number of uh, the Wiz that is. So it was not the Wiz. It was not the Wizard of Oz. It was an uh, original adaptation of Frank Bounds uh, The Wizard of Oz. And oh, so okay. mm-hmm. the different mm-hmm. casting uh, to make it work. And they said, "Well, you know, my voice projected well. I don't. I'd taken I don't know how many lessons, uh, but um, so they cast me as Daniel Gale from Kansas, which is not Dorothy Gale. You know, it's uh, the sort of the lead kind of singer. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the the wizard was a, an African American female. She's very petite, but you know. So we had, and my dog was a, a six foot, foot tall uh, Polish man uh, of of." Uh, okay. and, is uh, for walk around, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it was quite an interracial, interdenominational sort mm-hmm. of a experience of diversity. And um, we put on a, a very good show, uh, original music that was done. And um, I, I remember very much inside, inside, inside yourself. There's a world of laughter and fun. So it's very, you know, individual and uh, as I said, in, uh, very much uh, original sort of music. Um, it's nothing like uh, you know, Judy Garland, you know, singing oh, okay, it. okay. Yeah, Yeah, or,
1: but, ama- or, yeah, but so. amazing that you didn't have any singing lessons up to then.
0: It's somewhat. I mean, the, the chorus uh, was very helpful um, because, you know, you do basic exercises when you warm up for the, the chorus uh, songs that we did uh, when I was in the, my last year of school. Um, I always was stuck in front of the television watching some of the Mario Lanza uh, movies. So it oh, okay. uh, always mm-hmm. makes inspiration, which I know many people have said, oh, Mario Lanza was the inspiration for so many opera singers uh, to start out their careers. And uh, so, I mean, uh, but my voice was a, a lower one. I didn't realize at the time, but then I'm going up singing the Mario songs. And so I get to uh, undergraduate, I'm singing now in the tenor section. <laughs> and so uh, oh, um, yeah. tune in. Wrong technique, uh, uh, so. um But in in this um, whiz that is, you know, I was in the right uh, tessitura. I was right. Uh, it was actually starting out in the best way because there was not a lot of strain. Uh, it was only after that I started sort of pushing up. um I sang the the padre in the first year at St Joseph's College. I'm in this Catholic seminary. And they wanted me to do Sancho Panza, and I said no. I wanted to do the padre because I'm in the seminary. I want to be typecast. So oh okay. okay. Who gave you the padre then? So mm-hmm. it was nice because I was taking Latin at the time, mm-hmm. and you know the padre says De profundis, morate, oh, Domine, Domine. So this whole thing is like um, I guess I'm singing a wonderful you know Gregorian chant uh, in this uh, in this uh, musical of uh, La Man of La Mancha. Uh, so it, the tuning was still a little little um, not necessarily difficult, but um, just the vocal presentation. So it was only the second year in um, undergraduate. Still in the seminary, that I had a, a baritone teacher whose name was Dan Vanderlinden, and he said, "You know, you you are you're a baritone, a bass baritone, but you do not a tenor. So get out of the tenor section and and sing in the right you know voice you should be singing." So that was um that was the biggest transition I would make to the voice that I have now. <clears throat> so it was a uh, very important and uh, the people that came after him also a uh, baritone tenor who had been studying tenor. This is also the same thing. Yes, sing this uh, sarastro, sing this uh, you know piece here, and um, uh, I think I'd been given by the music director, uh, the head of the department at Saint Joseph's College. He says, oh, the teacher said I'm doing. Uh, they have this singer. I don't know what to do with him. I I've never taught you know someone this kind of caliber. He mm-hmm. said, well, here here, here are two arias. Here he gave her two arias for me to look at and work on, which was um, uh, non più you know, the <laughs> di and the the um, Leporello, Maramina. Maramina. And I thought, oh, okay, but I was not anywhere close to being ready to sing those pieces at the time. So I went on to did other other pieces that were very simple. Now, I was, obviously, I came back to those because now you know I've sung those repertoire uh, on the stage, but uh, I've sung that repertoire. But uh, it was, yeah, a very interesting yeah. process to get to where I needed to go. Um want well, one, the teacher, then I did with the, that's the Valparaiso University, so Switch, Chicago, that I, took after my Dan van der Linden left. It was Joseph McCall. From him, um, I actually went before to Dan van der Linden's teacher who was Dorothy Lindenkrieg. <laughs> These wonderful connections. Oh. She had me sing the Sarasso aria. She said, oh my gosh, I hit the low, oh, oh my gosh, I hit the low F. She said, oh, we have to do something. So mm-hmm. I entered a Metropolitan Opera competition, my, my uh, the, the second, uh, the third year, uh, junior year. And uh, I won the district they sent wow. me to chicago for the, for the regional this is my second competition i ever entered you know so um
1: amazing this
0: one, yeah but this but,
1: is yeah this yeah. this whole story is for me so fascinating because it's yeah. really it you were it's like you were on on water and just flowing and just going all these places and it's just right. from one thing to another um Did you ever think when you were little, when you you were a little boy, that that you would become an opera singer? I mean, you said you listened to the music, but was there some way, a little dream in you uh, to become a singer?
0: I I think maybe a little bit. uh, Maybe it was the fifth grade, and this is before then I started sports. Again, I told you that I was uh, looking at the the trumpet playing Mm -hmm. And so, even before that, uh, maybe fifth grade, I think, they're doing a spring concert. And you know, they do sometimes music, and we have little music classes. And so, Uh, the teacher said to me, So, I want you to to sing something for me. And she probably did uh, maybe a little line, and I sang the next line after. And it was the Wells Fargo Wagon solo from the music man Oh, the Wells Fargo Wagon is coming down the street. She said, Oh, that's beautiful. You could go to New York right now and make a lot of money. I said, Oh, (laughs) my God, that was scary. didn't uh, even sing after that i didn't sing anywhere oh, really? yeah. it was very frightening i think to to think about something yeah. i had done before mm. so this was the your parents um,
1: yeah but and your parents did they uh, were they at all were they singers or uh, you know did they play instruments do you come from think, a musical family
0: well, not, no, not at all. I think my mother, maybe she took some piano lessons a little bit at one time, but nothing that was extensive. So I didn't get anything really from her. My father had a very, very deep voice, you know, but uh, I don't I don't think I ever heard him sing anything, uh, really. Uh, my grandmother did sing a bit in church, and so she would sing some spiritual, Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus oh, yeah, loves me. Yeah. So I remember the songs that she would sing a little bit, and my, my mother would sing a little bit of that same song. Um, so... There was very little. Uh, I think just only sitting in front of the television, watching a Metropolitan Opera uh, broadcasts, maybe. I remember, um, because I sung Spada Fucili and I just did Rigoletto, I remember, I think, sitting in front of the television watching a production from the Metropolitan Opera of that, um, of the, that opera. I know why that comes to me. It's, it was that opera, but I'm pretty sure because I have visuals. as only a five-, six-year-old uh, watching these things in the, the Mario Lanza movies. That uh, made me think, oh, Jesus, wonderful, uh, very glamorous, uh, I don't know, singing was something. Oh, and we also did, you know, the Michael Jackson things when I was coming up. We did some oh, yeah. lip, lip, lip syncing, you would do to little competitions. So there was the, the Temptations, the Four Tops, and the, you know, the Michael Jackson, the Jackson Five. So they were all sort of um, things we would kind of sing a little bit at school. And um, we give the idea that, you know, maybe, oh, geez, this is really interesting music. It's fun to sing. Uh, it was it was the pop music of the time. Uh, yeah, so anyway, that was, uh, uh, yeah, but that's nice. Yeah, uh,
1: that's amazing. My, so you ended up then in New York?
0: Uh, with New York, uh, this uh, did not happen until, um, let's say, I went to graduate school after in the, um, St. Joseph's College because I dropped from the seminary in my, my third year, uh, uh, my my second teacher said to me, he says, you know, you could possibly be a professional singer if you decide not to become a Catholic priest and to um, maybe work on your musicianship, he said, because obviously I had not done very many things before then, so it would take a lot of um, uh, extra com- um, study. So uh, from there, I went to, yeah, to um, Indiana University. I, I auditioned for them and uh, my, my mm, head of the department at St. Joe's had gone to Indiana. He had his doctorate from Indiana University. He was uh, supposedly the second best sight reader in the in the in the country uh, because he yeah. was a, quite a, quite an incredible pianist. I don't know who the first one was, but um, that's what he proclaimed himself. Uh, so anyway, I did go to Indiana for graduate school. In my undergraduate, I started in math because I was very good in math in school, but it was not the right math. It was to not advanced. So I've, I learned that quickly that it was not the right track. I went to sociology because I thought this would be helpful for my uh, ministry, for something I did not know enough about, how people act in groups. Uh, oh, I love yes. psychology, I love philosophy, and I would take theology because that would be a part of the uh, the, uh, the coursework for the, the study of the, of the priesthood. So I took uh, sociology for that reason. And so I still was not convinced that music would be the path that I would take. So really? I my graduate um, um, exams in sociology, not music. So, and I, I think I placed okay. Yeah. yeah, maybe I would be a singing social worker, I thought. I don't know what oh, I was okay. going to, to do. So I, I placed okay. I didn't apply to, to the schools yet in sociology. So I did go to Indiana University and the uh, University of Illinois in Champaign-Urbana, where uh, William Warfield was teaching at the time, so and I was going to go to Cincinnati Conservatory again. This is the path that my uh, head of the department at Saint Joseph's College had gone because he had his undergraduate at the University uh, Conservatory in Cincinnati, is a very in, in, important, I think, conservatory. And uh, Indiana University has as I said he has his doctorate it's as well as his wife. His wife had a master's degree from uh, Indiana University. She had, She was actually uh-huh. my piano. Piano teacher. I took piano from both of them. It's very quite different piano from one to the other. Uh, Mm -hmm. So, and Mm -hmm. interesting, I think I said by the time I left undergraduate, I was doing charity exercises. I was doing uh, scales up and down Mm -hmm. with the piano. Mm -hmm. Oh, we know who that is in the practice room because it's Dawdoss. He's (laughs) like, and and, then I think again, without having the knowledge of uh, pre uh, things, I I was not able to sight read so well. So my teacher said, you know, you play these scales so incredibly well, you should be playing piano better. I said, well, yeah, I know. But then I, I took an organ next. And maybe because I then uh, increased the range of my concentration with the pedals and whatnot, uh, then my piano playing got better. Uh, and oh, so, okay. and they were but quite different. Was,
1: why, why did you take piano lessons? What was it about the piano then?
0: Uh, well, initially, even my uh, first year, the freshman year, I took piano because it was something that as a music Minor. I took a music minor to begin it I had um, math. I left math. Went to sociology major. Music minor. I kept music as the minor. And uh then because I was doing the successful, these successful things, and the, the teacher uh, he said to me, "You know, you're doing these creative things like drama and and music. Why don't you switch your major? Why are you you doing these other things like you know sociology and whatnot?" So I said, "Well, I'm going to still. I'm in the seminary, and I need these things for my ministry." So what happened was I continued sociology, but then I took more music classes as well. And I became with a double major. So I I finished with a degree in music and sociology. And uh, I took uh, a lot of courses in Latin, as much as I could take, because they offered Latin that I should take for the seminary. So I just continued to take as much as possible. So that that helped the languages. And then the the music became better uh, with, again, piano and uh, uh, other things. I mean, composition, I had to take... uh, Uh, different types of improvisational things that were a little bit more advanced for me because again, I was coming from such a lower level of uh, musical background but uh, I finished with uh, the degree and uh, I think it was very helpful. Um, So Fajio was something that I introduced because I I had found it in my studies because I do a lot of reading and uh, I gave that to my teacher, um, who's the, my second piano teacher. Uh, the the husband was the sight reader, the second best in the in the world. so oh, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. The lesson with him he put music in front of you, you sing it once, you play it once, he blew it away, you never see it again. Next music you never see it again. So okay, wow. he puts notes on it and that's it. she I, with her I would work on a piece for maybe an, an entire semester, two or three pieces. Mm-hmm. So we constantly go over it and refine it and refine it. So they're quite different in the way they approach uh, the musical, you know, compositions. But,
1: but yeah, yeah.
0: So at no, the end, um,
1: of, this right? this way of this way, this is so fascinating because your story is so different to to what I usually hear also about the the journey to becoming the artist. Um, but right. do you think the fact that you um, that there was not a lot of pressure on you really because you 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 made the decisions to to take music as a, almost on the side and then your your other subjects. But do you think in that way you um, the fact that there was no pressure on you to to really uh, just study music all the time that that also uh, brought something else with. You know that uh, that that enhanced you as a as an artist.
0: I would think so. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I mean the pressure, because I'm always varied. I've always been varied. I've always been wanting to do many different things. Mm-hmm. Um, as I said in high school, doing these different sports, and uh, I remembered uh, adventurous in some ways. My friend brother Hugh gave me a typewriter, which was very rare at that time. Uh, said, here's a typewriter. You can do your schoolwork on it. So I was so adventurous in that I did my chemistry, uh, you know, uh, assignment with the, the typewriter. And so, uh, you know, this is not something you usually do because you're doing a, you know, a lot of uh, different elements and whatnot. You know, uh, Na for sodium and whatnot. And so the t- this teacher in chemistry says I never had anyone do uh, uh, this assignment being mm. a typewriter and putting these uh, things together. I thought, well it seemed to be something I had at, on, on hand, and I was going to use it to the best of my mm-hmm. ability. Uh, so that kind of expansion of different things, sometimes was to my detriment, but also to my uh, you know benefit, that I would find things that would help me connect one thing to the other. And I became a very analytical. When I was leaving the high school, the counselor said to me, "She says, you tested very high in mechanical reasoning. And so I think you would be a good engineer. I said, oh, that's a possibility. Mm. But I'm interested. I'm entering the seminary. So I, I don't think anything that would work so well. But that was a good observation. It was good testing because in essence, I am very analytical. I analyze my music quite extensively I do um, I put my music on software and uh, I find different uh, ways to do the, the soveggio. I said my, my teacher who was the piano teacher who did the um, you know very extensive uh, creations of the okay. composition, I, I had her for sight singing. So we're in the sight singing and I'm starting out with Salveggio. You know, Mi, Mi, Re, Re, and so I was missing some of the pitches because I was concentrating on the syllables. You know, that sense of, oh, you're concentrating on one thing, but you're not getting the other thing. Look at the notes and just sing them. I was not doing that. So she said, maybe the the, 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 the syllables are holding you back. Maybe you shouldn't try to use them. I didn't listen to her. I continued to, to work on those syllables. And I think that for those, I was able to do a La Scala, say, Rossini and Handel, because I would use Solveggio. I would break them down and make sure I could sing all of the arias and whatnot. They're very difficult with solfege syllables. And uh, that helped me then to make sure everything was very accurate. And um, you know other things I've done rhythmically also too because my the they the told you the second teacher said you have to work on your musicianship if you're going to be a, a professional singer and I realized uh, that I had to continue to work on it uh, and so this is the path that I took so I think yes the the broadening the broader areas of uh, so, so sociology and uh, the ministry and um, some of the Latin helped my Italian it helped my French helped whenever I sang in Spanish. On stage as well, and a couple of operas. So um, you know those uh, romance music, to help. and also took to German at uh, at Saint Joseph's College with Father Gerlach, uh before I left. And so um, that was quite uh, quite an experience, at least to have th- those many languages before I, I went into graduate school.
1: So um, when was the final decision that you're not going in the ministry?
0: Oh, it, it would have been uh, going into the um, the summer uh, before my uh, junior year that I decided that I was not uh, quite finding the right path. Um, uh, many of the seminarians were from a high school seminary. Uh, they had been spending they had spent already four years in the program, and now they're in uh, college. And in college, now they wanted more freedom. They said, "Oh, you know, we we came into high school. We had to uh, we had to do math. Uh, it was obligatory. We didn't have the possibility of doing, maybe we have an option just today. We won't do mass. Maybe we do morning prayer, but not do night prayer. And so this was uh, incredibly um, shocking to me because I wanted almost a, a monastery. Um, before I entered the seminary, before I left high school, there was also a recruiter for West Point. This is a military uh, you know, academy in the United oh, States. Okay. Uh, many the the generals and uh, many of uh, some, some like, like Eisenhower, many of some presidents went to West Point. And so I had to make the decision between the military and um, and maybe the ministry. Uh, my father had served in the military. My brother, oldest brother, had served in, in Vietnam in, in the military. So for me, that was a, a difficult point. And um, again, that discipline Was what I was looking for. And and, um, in a monastery type atmosphere, I was wanting that for a seminary. And uh, that wasn't what they were doing. It was a modern seminary. You know, maybe you have, you make some choices for yourself, you find your way by yourself. There is a spiritual counselor. And uh, I was a bit, you know, not necessarily maybe as honest with him about what the struggles were that I was going through. And so we had some difficulty in uh, in connecting that way um I still feel a connection with many of the people in the order uh, that I studied under and um and uh, and maybe I'm more religious in some ways or at least spiritual than my uh family as far as religion I think uh because this we were all born uh, my six uh, six all of us all together three three boys and three girls <laughs> we oh, were okay. all. My mother wanted all of us to be um, educated in Catholic schools. Uh, she converted to Catholicism when she was married and my father never quite made the transition. He was supposed to you know do the instructions and uh, he never quite followed through. So this is uh, yeah the basis of many of the things that I'm uh, still doing, I think uh, and um, I think it's still important uh, spirituality in my life. Uh, mm-hmm. the characters, the upper roles, that have uh, been um, spiritually connected have been more uh, enhanced and profound because of that really? reason. Mm. Uh, so I did. I can uh,
1: imagine, so, yeah, that you can yeah. that you can, um, in a way, uh, portray them in a different, uh, in a different way because of the background you have.
0: I think so. Yeah, Johannan also, you know, I did the Scala and the uh, Berlin Staatsoper. I did also. So it, uh, it, uh, I sang it for Bernd uh Daniel Bernd uh uh, I think also with the Votan that the Abendliche uh, um, did for him, and he uh, he liked so much. But he also had me sing then Vot uh, Johanan at um, the the Berlin Shortstopper. So yeah. it was uh, quite quite important. You yeah, to have the the connections of these people, and end the, the connection with the the spirituality of the character of John the Baptist um, and um, Saint Zachariah as well in Nabucco, but I've also sung Nabucco now, and so this is, so I did double roles in many operas. Um, the first time I sang uh, Zuniga um, in uh, Carmen, um, I think it was it would have been maybe just before I did my first Escamillo. I did Escamillo at Chicago Lyric with Tony Papano uh, conducting a um, a uh, student performances there, uh, but I had just done uh, Zuniga in San Diego, San Diego Opera. And um, Johanan, uh, I did, uh, you know, I did it Las uh, Lascala for my first time. But uh, before I sang, uh, <laughs> before I sang it, I have the, uh, the DVD here. Uh, there was a baritone bass Polish that could not quite sing the top F sharps for the, uh, the 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 second Nazarean, and mm-hmm. so they said, would you consider because we are doing a televised of these uh, of this production and we have maybe f- five performances on television, could you do the first five performances as the fir- second Nazarian? I said, oh, I, I, sure, I could learn it, yeah. Mm. So I, I learned it, and uh, the coach, wow. James, James Vaughn at uh, La Scala. he said we went to a practice room and said, okay, here it is. I said, I, you kind of hear it a little bit as you're singing Yohanan, because it's, it's on... Around the same time, you know, mm-hmm. so I, I practiced it. Uh, they said nothing to me. It's one of those situations where they said, oh, we might have you do it. Oh, please, could you learn it? And then they said nothing for two weeks. They, they say nothing. Then they finally said, oh, today we're going to do it. We're going to have you sing it. We're going to have you sing on stage with an invited audience, with the orchestra, with the costumes. And uh, then, yes, and we have wow. blocking. A couple of hours before you do the blocking, you know how you walk around and you do it. Mm-hmm. So uh, is that possible? I said, sure, let's do it. So I've made no mistakes whatsoever. They thought, oh, my gosh, you're, really? a must- you're a genius. How do you do this? It was not genius. It's just because I went through it every day on my own to make mm-hmm. sure that I would be ready in case I had to do it. Mm-hmm. So the DVD I have uh, with uh, Nadia Mikael singing you know, Salome and uh, Frau- Stuckmann, uh, I Stuckmann, uh, his cover, and I also sang two performances in Johanna my- myself. Uh, and so, but before it, I did this, uh, second Nazareno, so I... I have the DVD of uh, singing from La Scala with the second Natalino. Amazing. Is,
1: Amazing. Right, Amazing. Amazing that you could do it and and, and with uh, such short notice also.
0: Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. They asked me then uh, to come back to La Scala for a fortnight of, uh, of all... Uh, Ari is all uh, roles, very contemporary roles, very difficult roles, because, well, uh, listener was uh, the intendant of the dance. We'll give him a, a title role, sure, because he's done so many good things. Uh, mm. So we, uh, I had me come in, and it was a very extremely, extremely difficult because they have long portions of the uh, Prigioniero, uh, Dalla Piccola, uh, of They wanted me to look at Wojciech. They wanted me to look at uh, um, uh, this Blaubart, which would be the you know Bluebirds Castle, in this Hungarian. So uh, you know, this was I'm up till four a.m. every morning learning these big sections of this music, and not getting as far as I need to be because mm-hmm. I take um, pieces and I break them down and I analyze them and I come back, but I don't just look at things and become oh my gosh I know this I can do it. It's mm-hmm. it's only yeah, I do I it on to, my
1: yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So I don't think they understood that They understand when they, you perform things Really well, they think, oh, you must be Incredibly brilliant, We you put it in front of you And you go on stage and you do it I said, no, it doesn't work that way mm-hmm. uh, For me, I break into words I break into uh, music, I break into rhythms um, So I do a different process And then I put them all together uh, mm-hmm. For myself And um, I think they're quite accurate And quite um, uh, Impressive when they're done but mm-hmm. it's a process. It's it's mm-hmm. not, um, It's not as you said, you would think, yeah. oh, you're brilliant. Because I know uh, sometimes the German mentality is that if you know it, uh, if you really know it, you can produce it right away in front of us. Then you know it. If you have to find out ways to learn it, then you don't really know it. <laughs> oh, just,
1: oh, yeah. yeah.
0: I don't know if you know what I'm, I'm talking about, but yeah. I've, I've encountered that in, in some situations. But I said, for me, No. I have Mm -hmm. to analyze it and analyze it and then I bring it together and then it can be very, such as uh, Stanislavski, uh, you know, putting the acting together, use Mm -hmm. the nouns, you know, he talked about the mountains and whatnot. So I put those into my words, I put double underlines under my nouns, a single under the pronouns, I highlight in italics the the verbs and the prepositions and sometimes, you know, the the adverbs and so all of those things. then I diagram the sentences as well and then i sang no in Solveggio so uh, the metronome clicking and uh, melodica I have little, uh, playing I played the melodica a little bit so I can yeah. hear the tunes so it's it's quite complicated I mean uh, mm. I remember uh, listening to uh, Roger Federer uh, talk about uh, Federer talk about his um, his problem sometimes in on the tennis court because I you knew I played tennis he says, because I have so many things that I can do, sometimes I get confused as to which one I'm going to use at what time. So that's oh, the only okay. decision. Mm-hmm. Do I use the backhand down the line or do I do it from the cross-court? Hmm, what do I do? So sometimes I think with all the techniques that I put together, I have to mm-hmm. figure out which ones to do for which situation. And so that becomes a difficult thing. It's not what you can do. what You don't know how to do anything, but you try to figure out what is the right thing to do at the right time. But that's, yeah, that's... You,
1: but for you, uh, you uh, travel all over the world and you sing all over the world. So, how difficult is it to adjust to all these different theaters and different audiences and and different uh, colleagues that you work with?
0: Yeah, well, the um, the, it, the the experiences that I had when I was coming up, um, say the first one when I took a flight. I think I took a flight in the in graduate school. So I'm maybe already 23, 24. Mm-hmm. The first time I flew into West Virginia, I think there was a from Indiana University to the Metropolitan Opera, uh, would be a district competition. And they put me to, to a, a regional that I went to to West Virginia. So I had to fly Bloomington, West Virginia. It's a short trip, basically. And then my second trip would have been to Washington, D.C., where I did a competition. Um, for a recital competition, uh, wonderful, you know, judges um, were a part of that, and then I went to Vienna uh, because I oh, was okay. in. in um, I saw in the, in the music uh, school in Indiana. A little notice and saying, We'll send your material to um, the um, Vienna Staatsoper because they will have uh, in the program the ensemble um, for people, you know, students are becoming almost professionals. Mm -hmm. And so I was, I entered, I put the, uh, sent them the tape, and they said, Oh, wonderful. Now we want you to come to uh, Vienna and sing for the Staatsoper, the the, the ensemble. So this was uh, my first big trip, first time in Europe. And uh, I, I took the trip. I won a second prize in Washington on my way, which gave me $1,000. And I just kept going to Vienna. And uh, going to the stage door, I saw um, James King. Uh, he said, oh, you're American. You're here. I said, yes, I'm here for the for the Stadzopper program, the, uh, the ensemble. He said, oh, well, uh, do you have a place to stay? Do you know where you're doing? And I did know nothing. I, I had my book, my bags at the door. So he took me over to the, the Hotel zache which, you know, I, I oh, could wow. only board for maybe uh, you know less than a week. Then I had yeah. to move somewhere else. But this was my uh, beginning, and I sang uh,
1: amazing
0: for them. And they said, well, "It's good. It's a good audition. Come back now and sing for Mazel on the stage, uh, because uh, you know you need to go to the next the next round." I said, but I just sold all my belongings." My my free refrigerator, uh, forty dollars. I sold it. To niccolo roslemeni He said, "Oh, I buy the refrigerator." He was so impressed that I was selling everything I had to get to Vienna. And so mm-hmm. they did that um, audition. And then uh, they didn't call me back. And so I went I don't to. Know. Well, I went to Santa Fe, and I had apprenticeship that summer. And uh, Matthew Epstein, who was the head of Academy at one time, he said, "Well, listen, if they don't call you, I can send you to the finals of Chicago Lyric." And maybe you get into the ensemble of the Lyric Opera Chicago and start your career from there. So, I did this uh, from Santa Fe. I went to Chicago. I sang them. They said, "Great, we will take you." And uh, amazing. That, mm. So this is one. You know, all these singers that I then sang next to with the uh, Mirela and uh, Nikola Gyarov. I did uh, my first was uh, opera was um, uh, Evgeny and You know, uh, the uh, Eugene Onyegin. And so I sang the, the, the Zaretsky, it was the, the small, you know, small lines. But Ghiarov, I covered him singing Gremen. And I'm watching Mirela Freyne do her first Tatiana, uh, mm-hmm. asking Ghiarov about the Russian, uh, Nikolai, como si So they, she'd go through and figure out how she was going to say, this is how you learn the roles. She was fantastic. I was watching her and uh, Joan uh, Sutherland, also mm-hmm. sang on stage Oh, with really?
1: Our, oh,
0: wow. Brother Rochford, you know? So I came mm-hmm. out, she says, Chelsea, uh, Chelsea. She's walking out, and um, I sang my first line and she she did the head to the side and gave me gave a nod. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. a voice. Oh, I thought, oh my gosh, I've arrived. uh but one, <laughs> yeah. more, assist, but one more rehearsal after that. She had the, the long train, you know, and, and mm-hmm. she was walking out and I stepped on it, and her head popped back. And I said, Oh my gosh, my career's over. I've just stepped <laughs> on that train, the, you know, the veil of uh, Joan Sullivan and she looked and she just laughed. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs>
1: um, but how amazing that the that the path again, you know, took you to the right place so that you right. ended up being at the right place. But have you been back to Vienna? Uh
0: yes, I went back. Uh, I did the Amonazzro in 2011. Uh, so because I it, then it became uh, very big. I sang it at the uh, I had sung it just before that at uh, La Scala because Baron Boehm wanted me to sing a performance, he says, Oh, you're covering. Um, uh, I was covering um, one Pons. Uh, one Pons was doing the most of the performances, all of them. And I think in the contract it said cover and maybe. So, uh, Baron said, Oh, do you would do one performance? and he conducted. So, I, I did La Scala with him at um, uh, the Wiener Stadt supper. I think it was um, it was a you know, it was a Vita Aufnahme, so it's always it was already something done. Okay. It was more perform- more time rehearsing than any time because usually he said, you know, Vienna, you do a few days, and the next thing you say, okay, there's a stage go. But uh, this oh, okay. was ex- almost two weeks of preparation, which was uh, pretty nice. But, but I, I did, I,
1: yeah, I love the fact that you uh, that you sold everything and you absolutely came in faith. But yeah, but but still, um, it's such a great story because it's sometimes the things that you have to do.
0: Right. And and it came back, though, but it's it's almost an incredible ending to it, because when I sang the Yohanan, my second one, my own, after I did the first, the second Nazarene, Lorna Mazel came backstage at La Scala to congratulate me. He says, this great job, I love, because he wanted someone to sing in his opera in 1984, which he had uh, done at uh, Covent Garden, I think, and they were doing it then at uh, La Scala. I think the first time at La Scala. It's probably after, yeah. So... Um, it is a, a role called the Charrington, you know, it has a low range, high range, it's really bass and baritone. So, um, he, uh, I think he wanted me to sing that one. And, and I did, I mean, this was the time when I was going to learn all the different roles for the, the Scala. And, uh, that was one of them. And, and oh, so okay. it was the mm-hmm. one that they gave me because it worked. They also gave me, um, Prus in the Macropolis case. So the Czech. Mm-hmm. I did that at La Scala. Um, not necessarily that the lead, the, the you know, title roles, but at least those are nice. So I sang that for Mazel, and he they, um, contracted me. And then, you know, they did a lot of changes at the last minute at Scala, which they were used to doing. I think Muti, when he was there, they would say, okay, I don't know if I like this singer so much, let's change him for opening night. And, mm-hmm. and so it's like, you know, they're in shock because they're programming and they have family to come. And next thing you know, they're saying, no, you will not sing tonight. They were doing this for 1984, maybe with Mazel's. Mm-hmm. They said, we don't like the sound so much. We don't like, we're going to have somebody else sing it. We don't know Mm -hmm. if you will sing it at at all. Not for me. He was pleased with the way I was singing the part. So we would step in and wait for people who who would come in for the quick, you know, changes. You you have to sing a little bit maybe to help them out. So would they know exactly what they have to do? Uh, If they're reviewing, they've maybe done it in previous, uh, say at the Covent Garden. So I'm sitting there next to Mazel, and I said, "You know, I was supposed to sing for you 25 years ago at the Vienna Stadtzauber." Mm. And he, he says, "Oh, I think I think I remember something." I said, "I don't know. Come on." He had an amazing memory, but I thought, "Come on, do you really do you really remember yeah. that this little kid <laughs> there waiting you know, to sing for the Vienna appropriate. Yeah. But he said, "I think I remember something like that." I said, okay, so
1: amazing! I, can you I, believe it?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So this was the the round. With the you
1: know, um, Yeah, full, full circle you went.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, yeah.
1: Uh, But Mark, let's talk about your recording, the, the Grammy award-winning recording right. that you did. That must be a, a great um, award to receive.
0: It was, yeah. I mean, I was uh, in London, uh, maybe in Gleinborn. I was singing uh, Starastro, I think, uh, if I had gone to the first speaker, the, the sprecher. I'd done many things in, in the Zauberflartist. So it was, uh, I think it was maybe the first year, 1990, I think. So yeah, I was there and they said, could you come to uh, London and record this? Um... It's only two, two pages of the, you know, the high priest in the uh, in the, the seminary. And so um, I did this and, uh, you know, I had sung, sung in school with Sylvie McNair, who was also on the, on the, uh, on the recording. And uh, Kathy Battle is the, the first time I've met Kathy Battle. Sam Raimi, uh, I, I had uh, I had actually covered him a couple of times, I think, at uh Chicago Lyric. Um, so, um, or maybe before or after, I don't know. But I, I came to know him. So he's on the recording. And then Marilyn Horn. ha, Marilyn Horn, yes. So the first thing I did at Lyric Upper Chicago was a concert of uh, Rinaldo. And I sang uh, the first. I think the, the messenger. So I announced San Remi, singing the Civil La You know, so uh, this was the first time I would have met Marilyn Horn. So, oh, I, so okay. I knew them. You know, in that way, somewhat closer than just listening to recordings. Mm-hmm. And um, so yeah, it became. And, and um, John Nelson, I had only gone to Indianapolis because he was a conductor at Indianapolis Symphony, and I remembered he very spiritual. He is a you know a devout Catholic. And so I remember that. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, there's, there's the good things and the bad things. Uh, when I first walked in the studio, this is my first ever recording. And so oh, John, okay. John Nelson is looking at me he says, oh, you're singing this messenger. Could you do a little embellishment here and maybe an embellishment there? I'm thinking, I'm thinking what, what? <laughs> I'm walking in the studio to record and you want me to maybe just up <laughs> with some things? i think, uh So, I know, he said, no, no, okay, just just sing it sort of as is like this, you know, the, okay, but um, I'd done Messiah and other things with a lot of different embellishments. Mm -hmm. So, it wasn't impossible. I think later on, he thought maybe I was not able to do it, so I had to convince him. And then I did, uh, finally, with him um, in uh, Costa Rica, I did uh, the St. John Passion, Bach. So, it was, but years after, I had to write him a letter, a note, St. John. I, I do a lot of variations and embellishments, but I was a little bit freaked out when this, you asked me oh, this. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I think we, we finally, we fixed that sort of relationship and um, mm. we had a good time. But this was, yeah, a recording that was later on, they gave me an announcement. Oh, you are nominated for a Grammy. I thought, oh, nomination, fine. And that's I said, oh, you've won uh, with the rest of the cast, the Grammy that's on this.
1: amazing. Would you and this like is to your have- first. this is your first recording?
0: It was the first recording, yeah, uh, with the Deutsche Grammophon, yeah. And uh, it was any, any type of recording, I think. So, so yeah, they uh, they wanted to know if I would want the um, award presented to me at, a, at an opera that was singing or something. And I think um, I had just gotten a new agent, so they didn't know what to do with uh, that request. Oh, oh. we don't know. we can do it. It's kind of last minute, maybe. And so they just sent it to me in the mail. And so I have it. Uh, it's in Toronto right now. Uh, oh, okay. shelf, but you but have
1: it you have it that's right yeah
0: great. yeah and, uh, yeah
1: but, this, this but mark um amazing all the things you you've done and your story is incredible i you know it's it's really so interesting and it just shows you you had to be there you had to be here where you are now because it just all the paths just led you to uh to be the singer and but what what is still the wishes for you for the future?
0: Well, I don't know. I mean, after I did the Johannan uh the, the Scala, I thought, well, now I could die because you know I, I've uh, no. accomplished, <laughs> accomplished. You know, please, I mean, I thought that, uh, yeah. I mean, there are other goals, uh, you know, because my first contract was at the Metropolitan Opera. I was uh, I flew from Chicago Lyric um, in uh, January '86 to go to the Metropolitan Opera to start uh, the cover of the part of Manoa in uh, uh, Samson, this is Handel Samson. And uh, mm-hmm. so this was quite, I mean, I, I haven't actually had the, the debut to sing at the Metropolitan, but I had the cover contract that was on the roster. And this is the first basically, professional contract after my ensemble in oh, Chicago.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: So, you know, it takes away some of the luster of, oh, you know, maybe I come back and do something. But, you know, it's always been nice to to do something else there. They asked me to do Spada Chile. But I was in Chicago doing three roles that were I thought important: uh, Jake Wallace and La Fanchula. I did uh, Hercule in um, Alceste with Jesse Norman. Uh, the, um, the Jake Wallace was with the Plácido Domingo, and so and I did my first Yohanan uh, no, yeah, um, Escamillo with uh, Papano. So those kind of three things were there. And the uh, and uh, I was uh, have a family connection. I thought I should continue. So, um, but you know, I did do. I covered Johannan in two thousand eight at, uh, at the Metropolitan Opera, and so you know I, that would have been a good time to go on. So again, something that's been done maybe would still come up and be uh, a role that they would like me to do. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, you know, the uh, Paris Paris Opera offered me. I think um, the um, the the Night Watchman in the the um, what is it, the Meistersinger. the Meister singer. And Mm -hmm. so I thought, oh, but I had something else to do. And so I I can't do this, you know, starting. So Mm -hmm. basically those are the two of the opera companies that i have not sung. I've sung San Francisco, Chicago, La Scala, Mm -hmm. Garden, the the Vienna Stadtsupper. And so, you know, those two kind of Mm -hmm. sit there in some ways, even to do anything almost would be nice. Um, Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, and all the orchestras have been quite good. The New York Philharmonic players that I just did at Lincoln Center uh, was uh, exciting uh, because it had that connection to Geffen Hall, uh, where the you know the, the New York Philharmonic uh, plays, and um, you know Cleveland Orchestra. I sang uh, with uh, Robert Shaw at the Verdi Requiem, some uh, you know elite members of the of the Cleveland Orchestra. So um, yeah, obviously the orchestra still in in uh, in Europe, you know the, the Berlin Philharmonic, the Vienna, Vienna 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 Philharmonic. I mean these are ideal sort of things, you know, because you come up. Yeah. Uh, learning them. Uh, Leonard Bernstein, I remember, was at Indiana University before I left. I saw him in the hallways. Hey. And I would think, oh my gosh, there's the, the maestro. And, um, you know, but this is as close as I would have got to some of those. Ricardo Muti, I did my um, Carnegie Hall debut doing uh, the Bruckner Te Deum. Uh, so, you know, that's sort of checked. That one off the, the box. Uh, the box was yeah. checked. And mm. um, he's quite the musician in the Philadelphia Orchestra. He was leading at the time were amazing uh, players, this amazing orchestra. So, um, yeah, I mean, 103 or so roles that I've learned on stage with bass and baritone and maybe 32 oratorio parts, Elijah and Messiah and Verdi Requiem. So, you know, I mean, I never want to stop uh, to keep learning more and more uh, roles and um, uh, hopefully to perform the ones that I've already learned and performed mm. is uh, that's a, a goal to get at least three, you know, you do something very difficult. Um, this, the new opera The Time of Our Singing which won the award in, uh, in, for the new opera of 22 I think it was 2022 we will do again at La Monet in Brussels coming up this uh, fall okay. and so we do the third time because we did the, the first one and then we went to St. Gallen and did the, the second run, and now we'll do again in Brussels. So three is always a nice time when you do a new opera. You think, well, I want to get something out of this more than just do it one time and then never sing it again because sometimes yeah, it's a lot of work to do mm-hmm. a yeah, new role, a new new opera. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. And um, the Paul Robeson concert I did at the Lincoln Center, we'll mm-hmm. do again this uh, this fall at um, the Peak Skills in, uh, in Cortland. Where Paul Robeson with a huge open air, uh, you know, audience uh, sang these concerts, and uh, oh
1: wow, beautiful! Mm There's a
0: lot of controversy. A lot of people protesting because I think it was after the um, the communist, you know, scare that they, you know, whatever the scandal with McCarthy and whatnot. So, uh, and also the Ku Klux Klan and it was a racial thing. that were all. Mm -hmm. So it's important then to continue letting people know about his legacy because so much was blotted out from him after the, the communist, you know, a smear. And, um, you know, I, I would say we have things with Russia now. And so to try to make it understood that it's not the Russian people that we are trying That's, to, no. you know, criticize and to punish. It is yeah. certainly you know, Putin and his, his ideas are crazy, but, um, the people that are really honest and, um, and good people good russian people want to still uh, support them i think uh, Yeah, so.
1: and and also it's it's great way always to see how art can be above that you know and
0: exactly yeah. and,
1: and how artists come together and it's it's really something that's so encouraging
0: right yeah yeah but
1: i mark i really hope to see you in vienna soon
0: yes but I I think hope so. you
1: come. yeah you please please let me know when you're here And when you come again and when you come to sing. I would so love to see you um, at the Staatsoper.
0: It would be a pleasure, definitely. I will will keep keep working at it, for sure.
1: Okay. (laughs) But thank you so much for your time and your wonderful story and for sharing it with me.
0: Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Appreciate it, Petra. Thank you.
1: It's a great pleasure. And enjoy the lovely day and the sunshine. It's cold in Vienna at the moment, so... (laughs) Uh, yeah, I'm
0: envious, a, yeah. A little cool still, even though the sun is shining, but uh, it's fine. It's uh, a little bit, uh, maybe I hit the tennis ball or something. It would be very oh, nice is it, oh,
1: do you still play tennis?
0: I still play tennis. I have my uh, little tennis, my rackets, I have three with me here, and my little yeah. string that uh, hits, I can hit on the string over and over again and go to the park oh, and machines okay. and all kinds of okay. different learning uh, things that I have that uh, I enjoy. Um,
1: Amazing that you still but, do but, that.
0: Yeah. There's a maestro in uh, um, Chicago, uh, Stanley Sperber. He is actually um, from Tel Aviv, but he does the Messiah, um, and he's an interna- international uh, tennis, uh, um, um, you know, judge. A, um, and oh. so, and then the judge. What are you? You know, the uh, the 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 chair umpire. He's an umpire. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. umpire. Yeah. He says, oh, card. He says, "Here's my card." So he he's a conductor and a, a tennis umpire, and so it's it's quite interesting to play tennis with him. When yeah, we were Messiah together. So you know, it's How just...
1: incredible! <laughs> and you wouldn't expect to, to see that on a tennis court, would you?
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well,
1: Mark, enjoy your, the rest of your day, and hope to see you soon.
0: Thank you, thank you very much.
1: Yes, thank you. Bye bye.
0: Bye bye.